Hey everyone, welcome to episode 111, Terrible Tantrums. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 111. And did I get your attention or not with the title, Terrible Tantrums? That's a tongue twister. Lots of T's, lots of alliteration, which I love. If you could see my address book and my phone, every single name is alliteration. Jazzy Julie, Loving Lily, Dynamite David, Marvelous Molly, Darling Dad. Like it doesn't stop. I'm obsessed with alliteration and assonance. Alliteration is when you're repeating the consonants like Terrific Teresa, Benny Boley, Karen Catherine, Nancy Namecaller. That's alliteration. And then assonance is when it's repeating of vowel sounds. So like Awesome Allison, Outstanding Olga, Interested Ingrid, Excellent Erica. These are all names I have in my phone. So when I thought of tantrums, I'm like, hmm, what's another? I've done Tame the Tantrums but terrible tantrums. And a tantrum can look a lot of different ways. And it's a global word to describe a child having a hard time. And here's a little tidbit. As adults, we have them too. I don't want to be creepy whispering into the microphone, but we have those too. We have tantrums. Sometimes we have tantrums by shutting down, by pouting, by sulking. And tantrums aren't bad. Our kids are geniuses when it comes to feeling their feelings. We can learn a lot from them. Instead of judging them, we can learn a lot from them. There was a meme, those some e-cards, and it says, I can go from happy to tantrums in point three-fourths of a second. Do you want to watch? And toddlers are known for having the tantrums. But just so you know, teens have them too. Adults have them too. When we're in college, we have them. And I love this quote from the book, Why I'm Sort of Okay with Tantrums by Paula Rollo. She says, the presence of tantrums does not mean that my kid is a brat. It just means that he's still learning and I'm definitely okay with learning. A lot of you are resonating with the, my child's having a hard time versus giving me a hard time because a lot of times people go to the all or nothing. Well, so tantrums are okay and I should just sit on the couch and just watch them have a tantrum and that's okay. And I say, no, you just make sure you don't have the tantrum with them. And I love this quote by Andy Smithen. He says, remember that your child's tantrum says nothing about you as a parent. The sign of great parenting is not the child's behavior. The sign of truly great parenting is the parent's behavior. Your child's behavior is just part of growing up and learning. Your greatest task is simply to manage your own response. This is where we get all our power back. If you're exhausted at the end of the day and you feel like you've been riding a roller coaster, that's probably because you're doing the tantrums with them. I know because I did that and still do sometimes. And another summy cards, which are one of my favorites, the memes, they say, toddlers are just like teenagers. They never listen to their parents, indulge in risky behavior, and throw tantrums when they can't express their feelings in words. Because you know when you see another child having a tantrum, it elicits no reaction in you whatsoever. 
Like if you're on an airplane, you hear a baby crying, you're like, oh, I'm just glad it's not my baby. Or if you've ever seen your niece and nephew lose their mind. When my niece and nephew would lose their mind when they were little, I was like, that's so cute. And my sister would look at me like, are you crazy? Are you insane? When my first graders used to have tantrums, I'd be like, oh my goodness, that's so cute. Oh. And then my kid interrupt me on the phone. I was like, I had the tantrum. I was like, oh no, 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 no. Remember, it's all to nip it in the bud. And one of my favorite quotes is, of course, by LR, who has all the amazing quotes. And she says, when our little people are overwhelmed with big emotions, it's our job to share our calm, not join their chaos. That is where it's super empowering when we're only controlling our side of the street. Because so many parents tell me it's so hard to be patient, so hard to stay calm. It's so hard to not lose my mind. And I say, I know exactly. That's what our kids are saying to us. It's so hard, mommy, to be patient. It's so hard not to lose my mind. It's so hard to be calm when I'm feeling chaotic inside. And they're looking to us saying, can you help me do that? Because it's so hard. So I like that it's hard for us because then we can have grace and compassion and empathy for our kids because we can realize how hard it is for them too. That doesn't mean you excuse it. Doesn't mean it's okay. Doesn't mean all those things that your brain is gonna go to. It just means that you're not joining in the reindeer games. And that's when parenting becomes super fun. So my friend Crystal, who's another parenting coach, has an amazing Instagram page called The Parenting Coach. I'll link it in the show notes. And she has an amazing podcast called The Freedom Moms Podcast, Coaching with Crystal Noel. And she's helped me a lot because I can get a little long-winded. I know, I know, I know it's a newsflash. But she has a way of saying so much and she does it in such a concise, direct way that I'm like, wow. Bam, you just covered a lot and you said it and then you like exited the stage left. And she's one of the reasons why I've been toying with keeping the podcast a little bit shorter in the teens. There's been some podcast episodes in the teens. Are you kidding me? All of her episodes on her podcast are in the teens. 15, 17, 12, 19, 19, 18. So I'm like, hey, I like that. How do you do that? I'll leave her a Voxer. Voxer is like a voice memo. And I'll be like, and then this, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and I'll go on and on and on and on. And my Vox will be like 14 minutes and 59 seconds, and you're only allowed 15 minutes. And then she'll Vox back, and it'll be like 2.30 seconds. And she'll cover everything that I talked about in 14 minutes, feedback on what I said, and then she'll add her own little, this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and her own side of the street. It's like magic. So the other day she did a Instagram reel and I think it was like, I don't know, however long Instagram reels are. So she did it on June 9th. It's like 10 seconds long. It was titled, Four Reasons Our Kids' Meltdowns Are So Hard For Us. And after the 10 seconds, I was like, oh my, that's everything. That's everything we teach. You just did it in four simple steps in 10 seconds. So I'm going to share those four things and then you're going to personalize it on how that fits into your life. So I'm going to read all four of them and then I'm going to break them down personalize it for how I saw that happening with me. I still see it happening with me, how I see it happening with some of the moms I work with. And then you can see how it works in your life. Number one, personalization. Oh, doggy, this was huge for me. We make it mean something about us, but they are disrespecting us or being rude to us instead of they are just having a hard time or struggling. We talk about that all the time on our podcast about they're having a hard time versus giving me a hard time. That is huge. That's why my niece and nephew's tantrums were so cute. 
and adorable. They'd fall on the ground at the bowling alley because they didn't get a something from the vending machine. I'm like, that's so cute. Oh my goodness. Look at, oh, I've never seen him like that. I've never seen her act like that. Oh, that's so cute. And I'm getting daggers thrown by my sister because I didn't personalize that tantrum. I'm like, oh, that kid's upset he didn't get a pretzel from the vending machine. I know how that feels. I know disappointment. The reason why they fall to the ground and they have snot coming out of their nose and they're screaming and crying because they have no idea how to regulate emotions and they shouldn't know how to regulate emotions yet. Hashtag yet. That's where we come in and we teach them. Number two, people pleasing. We are so used to trying to make everybody around us comfortable because we aren't comfortable with discomfort. Big emotions are natural and they aren't a problem to be solved. Can we drop the mic, Crystal? That's amazing, Crystal Noel. This was huge for me because I wanted my kids happy all the time. I never wanted to disappoint them. I brought my mommy and daddy issues into my parenting relationship. I thought, well, I never wanted to disappoint my parents growing up, which I felt was a healthy childhood and a healthy, not fear of my parents, but a healthy way of guiding through my life. But then I never stepped into emotional adulthood and realized like, oh, I can disappoint my kids and they're going to disappoint me and that's okay. Doesn't mean I'm not good enough. Doesn't mean if I disappointed my parents, which I did plenty, that they threw the baby out of the bathwater and they threw the Wi-Fi signal out and they threw out all the love. They're just like, bro, that wasn't cool. You missed curfew. I disappointed them. And guess what? Nobody died from it. Number three, our own past triggers or stuck beliefs from how we were raised or past situations we were in. I'm gonna do a whole podcast about this because a lot of times we don't know how to do this parenting gig. So the first line of reference is we go back to our past. We wanna parent from the way that we were parented or we say things like, oh, I could never get away with that as a child or that was not okay for me. So why is it okay for my kids? Sometimes we wanna recreate exactly how our childhood was because we put it on a pedestal. Or sometimes we want the exact opposite. And then we get any glimmer of what we felt as a child and it wasn't positive, then we freak out even more. A lot of times parents will say, well, I always promised I would never yell at my kids because I know how awful it felt when my parents did it to me. And here I am yelling at my child and I can't stop. The reason why we can't stop has nothing to do with our kids. It has to do with the old story and the old patterning that we're bringing in and the Samsonite luggage that we're bringing into our relationship. The mother-daughter relationship was so romanticized in my life with my own mom and Hallmark and the mother-daughter, mother-daughter, mother-daughter. And I never had any brothers, so I didn't even know what the mother-son relationship really looked like. So I didn't really have a point of comparison. But with the mother-daughter, are you kidding me? I had not only my relationship, but then I had my two sisters' relationship with my mom. And I had that romanticized. And I put that on a pedestal. So then I have Lily and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is not how mother-daughter is supposed to go. This is not it. I wasn't accepting that as is. Somehow I wanted Lily to be like Kelly at five. And then that means I had to go and become my mom. I'm a completely different person than my mom. And guess what? Lily's a completely different person than me or my mom. Isn't that crazy? It sounds crazy to say it out loud, but unconsciously, this is what I was doing. A lot of my reaction came from, I wanted the exact close connected relationship I had with my mom. And it wasn't like that. I would freak out. A lot of parents that I work with, they did not have a close connected relationship with their mom. So when they feel that disconnect happen with their child, they flip out because they're like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to nip this in the bud. We will be close. You want to make a bet? We will be close. <laughs> now, we don't say that consciously, but we do with our energy and the way we go at our relationship, forcing them to be connected to us versus letting it happen naturally, playing it cool. Everything's NBD, light and fluffy, creating a new dance because this is two different humans and two different souls in a relationship. And number four, she says, we are overwhelmed and burn out from not taking proper care of ourselves. Whoo, 
doggy. So many times we become these people-pleasing, suck all my Wi-Fi, bleed me dry, and we become a martyr in parenting versus a mother in parenting. And then we blame our child because we give up all of our dreams, all of our goals, all of our fitness, all of our health goals, and we give it all up in the honor and under the badge of I am a good mom and this will make me a good mom. But then we're miserable in our own skin. We're miserable in our own body. We're miserable in our own brain because we put our child in the center of our Saturn and they can't grow and thrive there because it's too much pressure for them because then they have to do all the things to make us feel a certain way. I remember when my house was a mess, I would snap at my kids. It's like, how is this happening? Because I couldn't get mad at the house. I couldn't get mad at the laundry piling up. So I would snap at the kids to offset some of that frustration or that I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. So I would snap at my kids because somehow it was their fault that I wasn't working out because I didn't have time because of them. And then the quote that changed my entire life, if you love your kids, take care of their mother. What I was doing before, if you love your kids, take care of your kids and then become the martyr and give them everything. And just the sun rises and sets upon their face and you do everything for them and you forget all about yourself and you lose yourself and the kids. That's what I did. And I wondered why I was snappy turtle because I had no relationship with myself. And then all of my eggs were in their baskets where they had to make me feel like a good mom, like a good human. And I was like, where is appreciation, people? I've given up my whole life for you. I've given up all my health goals. I've given up all my career goals, all for you. And this is the thanks I get. You're gonna tantrum when we're at Publix? Are you kidding me? And then my reaction would come from that. Now, I didn't think that out and say it out loud, but that's where it was coming from, from number four. So I had all four of these going at once. I made it all about me because I didn't want anybody to think I was a bad parent because I was so afraid of messing up this parenting gig and not being a good mom because it took us so long to become a parent that I was so afraid of messing up this parenting gig. And I never wanted anybody to think I was a bad mom. That was literally the worst thing they could think about me. And so when my kids would tantrum, especially in public, whoo doggy. I wouldn't react in the store, but ooh, doggy, they would get it when we got in the car, when we got home. And I would lecture, and we do need a knee, and there's these big talks, and then David and I would have a talk with them when they sat down. Like, it was like Charlie Brown's teacher. They're like, womp, 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 womp. But I was never teaching them what to do with these big emotions. I was making it all about me and my ego and what do people think about me? And I'm a teacher, I'm a counselor. They gotta think I'm a good parent. And now, I just have to think that I'm a pretty good parent, a B-minus parent. So if someone says I'm a bad parent, I'm like, yeah, I can see that. That falls in the B minus category. Sometimes I'm a C or a D. Overall, I'm shooting for B minus. So there's some areas I might get a D. I might even get an F and that's okay. But no one's even saying that. It was all my projection of what are they gonna think? I wasn't focusing on what what do I think about me? And people pleasing was huge for me because I never wanted to disappoint them. I never wanted to see them upset. I was so uncomfortable when they were uncomfortable. Now I'm a lot more comfortable when they're uncomfortable. And I wanna help you get comfortable when they're uncomfortable because nothing has gone wrong. Your child is having a hard time versus giving you a hard time. That's why I was so confused for so long because I was such a chill teacher and a calm teacher and counselor. And I had tantrums like you wouldn't even believe at the schools. But at home, if they cried because I peeled a banana wrong, then I was crying right along with them. I wasn't actually tearing up and crying, but I was having my own different type of tantrum. And number three, our own past triggers, stuck beliefs, and how we were raised or past situations we were in. I talk about that all the time on the podcast. This is plug and play. You're gonna have your own Samsonite luggage. What I brought to my relationship with Lily and Grady is much different than what baggage you're bringing to your relationship with your kids. And we all do it. So it's not from a place of guilt or shame, but it's from a place of awareness. 
And then we can be aware of it. We're like, oh, I see how I'm doing that. That's so fascinating that my brain went there. For me, it was struggling with infertility, feeling so much guilt and shame about that for so many years. And it was quote unquote, my fault. I also had a lot of past baggage, so to speak, with working with children with a lot of special needs and a lot of difficult behaviors. So I always promised myself, I'm never going to let that happen to a future teacher. So when there are two or three, I had this story that if I didn't nip it in the bud, they were going to act like that in first grade. And then also I put my parents on such a pedestal and our relationship on a pedestal. And I wanted to recreate that exact relationship with two new humans and two new souls. And I'm a separate soul from my parents. So you can see how those three things going at me, my ego is in full alert at all times. But watching my niece and nephew, calm as a cucumber. Teacher counselor, chill, calm. Everything's NBD, PIC, play it cool. With my own two, not so much because I was unconscious. I had all that old past coming up and I was bringing all that luggage with me. I don't bring that luggage into my relationship with my niece and nephew or if the neighbor's kids are over. I think it's adorable when kids tantrum. Not adorable like I'm looking down on them. I'm just so fascinated. I'm like, oh my goodness, tell me more. What's going on here? So that's where I'm hoping that this podcast helps you to detach your ego so you can attach at the heart level and not personalize it and not make it about you. Because then parenting gets super fun. You just get to hang out with some really cool kids. And number four, we're overwhelmed and burnt out from not taking proper care of ourselves. We give everything up and we want the badge of being a good mom because we're so afraid of messing it up. And then we're so burnt out and we're so overwhelmed and we're so stressed out that our kids are an easy dog to kick, so to speak, and to offset some of that stress instead of taking care of our side of the street. That's why every single month for the last eight years, I've run health and fitness groups to help you stay accountable to working out, eating clean, drinking your water, meditating, praying, whatever works for you for your self-care. Not because I want you to be bikini ready. I could care less about that because I know the direct impact that will make on your patience, on your kindness to your children, because you're gonna be more patient and kind to yourself. And then you're gonna project that onto your kids. Like they say, you can't pour from an empty cup. We forget that our brain and our life and our body is like the battery in our phone. We have to reset it to recharge it. And our kids don't want a martyr as a mom. The only thing our kids want for us is they want us to be happy, centered, and full of life for them. Because when that is the case, then they're not so worried about keeping us happy and making sure we're okay and being uncertain. Because when we're insecure in our parenting, then they're insecure in their own life because they're so worried about us and taking care of us. Because in that dance, they're like, I'm not really learning any dance moves from you. They're stepping on their toes. I'm stepping on their toes. If they get yelled at, if they get shamed, if they get sent to their room, if they get spanked, if they get door slammed, they don't start thinking, oh, maybe I should make a change. Oh, this is really motivating me to change. They don't stop loving the parent and stop liking the parent. They stop loving themselves and stop liking themselves. Because they're like, if I can't get mom and dad to like me and to love me and to think I'm a cool kid, then who am I to think that on my own? And this is the greatest gift we can give to them. So being aware of these four reasons why the tantrums are so hard and when our niece and nephew do it, it's so cute, will free you in ways that the tantrums won't be so terrible. They'll happen with less duration. They'll happen with less frequency and they'll happen with less intensity and they'll still happen and that will be okay because you know that your child is having a hard time versus giving you a hard time. I'll talk to you guys next week. I love you. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level 
and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.